happy Monday, everyone. Thank you for coming back and sitting in on these conversations that I have with these wonderful fellow coaches on the Enneagram. I keep saying every week that Mondays are now my favorite days, getting to talk about and geek out about the Enneagram, how it is so helpful and transformative and useful for any part of our lives if we let it. It's not going to come in and barge the door down, kind of like the big bad wolf. It's going to knock. And um, that's very, it's very polite and respectful of the Enneagram to do that for us. So today I am talking with my new friend, Terry from Texas. That's easy because it's two T's. Um, Terry, we are so excited to have you. Thank you for talking with us. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Anytime I can talk about the Enneagram, I'm, I'm in. So that's right. That's right. So Terry is our wonderful type nine. I have enjoyed talking to type nine very, very much. So I'm excited to continue our conversation with you. So tell us a little bit about your story, about you, about your journey to the Enneagram. All right. Well, um, as you said, my name is Terry Power. I am a social Enneagram nine um, lean towards both wings, a little more towards eight at times. Um, I love working with people. I always have, I've loved being around people. So I definitely have that social part. I'm a little more, I love it because I'm not always the typical nine, what people think of, um, with this social component, I'm a little more outgoing at times. So, um, and I'll tell a little bit as we get going that, that threw me for a while. Um, but I am a mother and a working mom. I have a wonderful husband, two sons. One's a junior in college. One is a junior in high school. So just moved one into an apartment. The other one just got their driver's license. So life is up and running and changing. So so many emotions. Yes. <laughs> Lots of emotions to go through. A little bit of, you know, nine numbing here and there in denial. So it's all starting yeah. to get. <laughs> But um, I work um, during the day. I am a speech language pathologist in the school system. So just went back to work full full time for this year. But in the evenings, I am a life coach. And so um, just love getting to meet new people, love helping people realize that they can have empowered lives, but that it's unique journey for everyone. Um, that is my passion with the ideogram is making people realize that just because a certain book, a certain scripture, a certain advice didn't works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you that we have to find ways to make our lives and the things, choices we make fit into who our innate creativity is that God put in us. Um, and the same with other people. So I just have a real passion as an I, I don't, I don't like conflict. So I love the world to get along. Um, <laughs> But you got to see it through different lenses and, and really take a look at that. So, yes, I love that. I love that. What was your journey to finding your type? You know, it's been an interesting journey when um, with type because I have been into typology since college. Um, since my first, I took a course at Abilene Christian University. I'll never forget. Someone gave me a personality type in one of the classes and like my eyes were open because it was like, oh, there's other people like me. I'm not as weird as I thought. And right. so I started this typology journey, have been through probably every single type there is. And I'm one of those people that actually believes they each have their own unique. Um, I use quite a bit of them still. But then I came across the ideogram probably about 
five years ago, I was um, helping to plan our women's conferences at our church and our women's ministry leaders like, hey, come to this workshop. Um, I'd heard a couple of times on podcasts in passing, but I went to the Sacred Ideogram workshop and it just suddenly it was like, ooh, this one's really unique. And then that spiritual side of it, being able to look at that, that side was really an eye opener to me. And so that started me looking for my type. Love that. What were the emotions or the numbing of emotions upon discovering you're a type nine? Well, I, it took me a little bit as most likely most type nines mistype is something else. Yep. So I thought I was a, wanted to be a three for a while. So things came up as a three being the oldest daughter who was always kind of, you know, good in school. I fit a little bit of that. So I was like, oh, okay. But then I was like, oh, that's not me. And then I took the test and it was a two because I was raised as a pastor's daughter, oldest daughter, serving, living in the church. So it just seemed, oh, I must be a two. Um, so wore two for a while, but it still just didn't fit. Um, really struggled. So tried to find coaches online and couldn't find anybody. I caught contacted a few people and they didn't get back to me. And I don't know how I came across the Your Ideogram Coach website. We signed up for a couple, I think it was a couples thing, uh, the couples thing. And then they were talking about becoming an ideogram coach. And I'm like, well, I'll become a coach so I can discover my type. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's a great way to do it. <laughs> that's literally. Um, so while we were, while I was taking the course, it, it, it just hit, I was a, a nine and it following through at first, I didn't want to be a nine. I don't know why, because I think nines are the most amazing people now. I love nines. But because I, so, and I wanted, there's enough of one that I wanted it to be perfect. And I just, I wanted that definite answer. And I couldn't come to the fact of just trying it on and see. And so when I finally did try it on and started finding the layers, it's when we went deep that it made sense. When I found out that I was a social nine, it, I read that and literally tears came to my eyes. I'm like, Oh, I'm a counter. Uh, so that's what I love about it is the longer you're in it, the more you discover the layers. That's, that's right. That's right. I, my second number in my tri-type is a nine. So nines are very near and dear because I was also mistyped as a nine and a two. And so it makes sense if two is my stress path and nine is the second part of my tri-type. I find a lot of those numbers wreck, uh, incorporated into into my fourness a lot and I'm also a social four and I think the subtypes if we could park on that for a hot second the subtypes for me not everybody goes over it and that's okay because again with the layers there's almost so much too much but you really just got to take your time to go through it there's there's no race to the finish because there isn't a finish line and it's more or less we are comfortably jogging this is not a marathon we're not what well, kind of a marathon but we're not sprinting so all of that to say the subtypes were really powerful because it broke each of the nine types into three different categories. Again, not to box people in, but to understand that not every nine is the same as every other four is the same and yada, yada. So speak a little bit about the subtypes if you if you would. I think that was really as we were digging because especially the counter types, um, when you are a type that doesn't look like all the memes, like what everyone's talking about, I and being a the social nine subtype is about finding belonging in a group so I, I am 
but yet I was always confused because I'm a little bit more of an introvert. Um, other, if I'm in a church setting, cause I grew up in that, then that's when the extrovert comes out. But I was like, but I want to be around people, but I never felt like I belonged. And I'm always, I'm doing 150 different things, looking for that home, that place that is mine. And with nines, it, yes, I have the nummy, but it talks more about they're, they're so peaceful. Um, I have a really strong eight wing and I have a five husband who is draw. So in my blind spot, which here I am going through more of the Enneagram Please off do. the tri-traps, I definitely am more comfortable. You see my three and then you see my wing come out really strong. I am pretty forceful at home. Am mm. um, I quite confrontational? So I kept saying, I'm not a nine. I run, but it's because I had a five and I want to talk and get there. And so I was chasing. So it's, it's that layering that I love about it. And so when I read the social, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it now. Um, and then my son is a nine, but he is a one-to-one. Mm. And so it's been funny to be like, well, you're like me, but you're yeah. not. And so he, his girlfriend, him, he really ties to one person and gets that and doesn't crave the social that I yes. do versus, you know, someone who's that is what there's other third one is, you know, the um, preserving kind that really, really needs their time. And I think that's kind of the nine we're used yes. to is really merging. And yes, I can't make a decision. So I just do it all. And so that was the, the realization that you can really look different, but those core motivations of what you want, the I matter, like that was like, and the difference between I love, I want to be loved as a two and I want to matter as a nine learning what those mean to you and realizing nine was about wanting to make a difference mm. in a group and matter, not so much being loved individually. Mm, that's so, so good. I had another nine speak to that exact same thing that she mistyped as a two. And she's like, there is, there is a difference. I don't know how catastrophic that difference is, but there is such a thing as being loved and being mattered are two different things. So that's wonderful for anyone who is a, on the verge of a nine or on the verge of a two those core motivations really then speak to what is at the heart. Yes, we all love people. Yes, we all want to get along and have peace. But for everybody, that means something very different. So I absolutely love that. And it's so true. The self-preservation nine is the one that is very withdrawn, inclusive. So, I mean, self-preservation is kind of, it's an explanation for it. And being a part of the social subtypes, it was such a revelation of, oh my goodness, I've I've never fit in. There is not one group that there are times and places that I do feel comfortable, but I don't think on this side of heaven we'll ever find it. And I think that's the the heartache that we have to live with because the Enneagram doesn't call things out to perfect them or to completely change them like a genie in the bottle. Hey, you have three wishes to live the rest of your life perfectly. It doesn't exist. But knowing that now, anytime I go in a group, it's Yes, I want to belong and one day I will, but it's okay if I still feel that little bit of an angst that I don't have to fully because it's not going to happen. Um, and then, it, as you said, the the one-to-one -one very much kind of clings to one or two people and that's that's their group. That's their, um, their, their tribe in a way. So I absolutely love that. What was the most difficult part of coming into your nineness, whether it was the wings or your paths or your subtypes? not being able to make a decision that I was a nine because nines can't make decisions. So we wouldn't commit. Yes, Lord, the struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and and really part of that was is the admitting um it's just so confusing because you latch on and that's what happens every time I take a personality test is if you're doing the cons that rate everything's even because you're a little bit of everything and you feel like you have this identity and and I think the hardest thing for me was and then that eight wing that I have and it's in complete contrast to a nine is how can you be that and I think that's a description of a social nine with an eight wing is we are, this is what, and I found more and more, I thought it was just me, but I found more and more people who we are the most organized, disorganized, Mm. the most social, unsocial, the most outgoing, unoutgoing. We are strong, but we are silent. And it's so we live this constant contradiction as nines of we have all this internal desire for justice. We experience anger, but then we're afraid to move or we're either moving, you know, with a nine, they're either hundred percent on or they're not moving at all. And so it's that constant back and forth of never knowing who you are in the moment and then trying to make a decision. And what do I want? Because even though I'm a strong personality, I realized I was strongly supporting other people. Mm-hmm. I'm strongly latching onto groups to find out to be a part of their social group because I can't make up my mind. So I'm just going to go with them so I can tag on to somebody. Yep. Really the hardest part was um, realizing my weaknesses. And you were just saying, you know, you can't change that. I'm never going to quite feel like I can fit in. But what I found is God gives us the gift. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be coaching, which has been amazing for me. I, it has rocked my world, changed my world, inspiring people. But if I didn't have the weakness of never feeling like I belonged, I wouldn't have the passion for certain types. And I work with all types, but the ones that are drawn to me are those types that are not the types that are normal mm-hmm. quote. Yeah. It's male four. It's the four who feels like she's always never there. It's the six that's always anxious and just can't go forward or fighting the committee. It's And if I didn't have that in my own self of constantly never finding a place, I wouldn't be making my own place. Mm -hmm. And that was the key is starting to realize I can form my own group. And that even then, if God's not present, I don't feel, sometimes I feel like I don't even belong to my own group. (laughs) And I'm sure it's you understand that. You're like, I'm on this club and now I feel like I'm on the outside. Yes. Yes. That is so powerful looking in the early parts of my life, living as a very unhealthy too. I wanted to be a part of everyone else in order for them to identify and validate me. And I love what you said, as far as there are groups that are already established. Maybe I don't have to join that group, but I can start my own. And I've definitely seen as I've gotten older and will be entering into my thirties that I now have, I have a small tribe of people, but it's people that God has placed in my life that I've chosen to like come alongside with and then you do feel that you belong a little bit more as opposed to chasing something that's already established. So it's a really nice perspective of being a trailblazer. How else has the Enneagram changed your life in family, professionally, in church setting? Well, um, really, it's like I don't know an area that it hasn't affected a little bit, but I'll start kind of where it started first. Um, it really changed my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, having the terminology 
to really get into it with my husband. Like I said, he's a five. So of course he's not going to do anything with me, like the, you know, the workshops or anything, but he's got, a, he's a musician. So he has a symphony. Yep. So, you know, he, he's a little bit, but really being able to realize that I couldn't change him. Mm. And it wasn't that he didn't love me. It wasn't that he didn't want to be spontaneous or that other part of me that's looking um, for belonging with him and that constant that it didn't mean anything that he's a, he just looks at life differently. He's in his head. I'm in my gut. Neither one of us know what to do with feelings. That's really fun. Um, <laughs> we're like, neither one of us in the feeling zone. We're just, he's talking. I'm just doing whatever I feel like in the moment. Yeah. Um, so that, um, and learning with the kids. And then of course, um, as I had started life coaching and, and doing some productivity coaching and working with, you know, different, um, times just having that ideogram part to come in and and have vocabulary and some of the other areas that I coach and it's so neat when they're like oh the system's not working for me and I'm like because you're trying to do it like a three yeah let's look at how you're a six or a four um, and so it's allowed me to find my passion too I'm it's in my coaching world in my friend world that gets the ideogram that I have found I think the ideogram I finally found my group yeah <laughs> the ideogram has helped me find my belonging um and so that has changed in just perspective that it's it's vocabulary nine sometimes have trouble with our rambling and talking on and on but it allows the we love analogies and so it allows for us to have language to talk to other people and I and I say people, I'm very strong towards women empowerment, but I've also realized um, through my coaching and end up with a bunch of male clients is there's males who feel the exact same way yeah. out there who just don't fit in the way they want. And it gives us language to look at that we're unique. Um, and so it has changed my view of people at my job as a speech therapist. It's helped me look at parents differently, how they respond to certain news. Uh, bosses, coworkers, things that used to bother me, I go, I don't know what they are, but if they seem like this, then maybe there's something I don't understand. So just to step back and try not to be so hurt yeah. by everyone. I think it's about me because it's really not. <laughs> That's right. I want to go back to what you said about nines and decision-making. Nines are known for being the most fun-loving, easygoing of all the types because they'll pretty much say yes to everything. <laughs> That doesn't mean they want to do everything, but they don't want to have conflict, even if it's what restaurant do you want to go to or where do you want to sit if we're in church? You know what I mean? Like, do you want the front? Do you want the side? Do you want the way back? So talk about when you're presented with a decision, kind of what goes through a nine's mind in order to attempt to make a decision or just to not even not even want to make a decision. You know, that's been really interesting for me because a lot of times I didn't realize how indecisive I was. I thought I just liked to do a lot of things or it took a long time to do things. But as, as you're sitting there trying to make a decision, I used to think some of it is related to if there's conflict. Well, if I make the wrong decision, I might upset this person. You're trying to decide where to sit at church. Well, well, I need to sit by this friend or will she be offended? Do my kids need to sit? So, you know, we learned real quick. We just sit in the same place every week. It makes life a lot easier. Um, with other bigger decision, what I've realized when it comes to things like starting my business or what's my logo going to be, what's the name of my business is, is looking at like, I'm afraid to make the wrong decision because, but wait, nobody will be mad, but me. Hmm. So, why, so I was like, why can't I make this decision? And then I realized it's being at the top of this 
ideogram, being able to kind of chameleon in and see all sides, that everything sounds good and we can find a reason why everything works. And we feel like you need all this information. Um, I was preparing a talk for the Enneagram recently and I did a training afterwards. I had to say, guys, I am so sorry. That was a lot of information <laughs> because I was afraid to not, I couldn't decide what was good and what was bad because mm. it's all so good. Yeah, it really is. I think we tend to, so then we'll make kind of like, all this stuff, or we'll come to a decision. And if it's heavy stuff, if it's career decisions, you know, decisions, what to do with ailing parents or decisions about your child, it becomes so there's so many things swirling in your head that that's when you get into that numbing and you go, you know what, I'm just going to go watch TV for a little bit, or I'm going to eat something, or I'm going to get really, I'm just, Ooh, that closet needs to be organized. <laughs> so, you know, this to say we don't make decisions easily that it just takes us a long time definitely have some of the things I do definitely have a close friend you can talk to but I have a one and she so and I have a five husband so finding someone who can really look at the facts get it through talk through it with you have a coach I don't know what I would do without my my ideogram coach who's also a nine and who's helpful um Having a coach, someone who can ask you the questions to finally make you realize what you desire. I think if you can do that, it's huge. And the other thing is, is don't be afraid of the unimportant decisions, doing routines. Routines are amazing. Getting into where you don't have to make a decision because literally simply picking out your shirt in the morning for a nine could be an issue. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, make it fun. Of course, I have my tri top. I have a seven in me. That's my next one. But literally, I used to think I was a weirdo and I was ashamed to tell anyone I used to do this. But cleaning the house, I have a list of all the rooms. It's time to clean the house. I roll dice and that tells me which room to clean first. No. I know that's crazy. If we're trying to decide where to go out to eat, you you use randomizers. There's so many fun apps that you can yes. use. Randomly pick things. And if it if it really doesn't matter, it just gets you out of that weird and what if nothing else, you roll it and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that one. Then you know why and you move on. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you just, if it's not serious, I mean, obviously a career choice, maybe not, but sometimes it's just make a game out of it so that you can move. I need the dice game in my life now. As soon as you said that, I had chills because sometimes my husband and I are on a little bit different wavelengths when it comes to cleaning the house. We're on a semi routine. And as a four, I struggle with routine. I need it. I know he needs it. I don't want to admit that I need it. And so I think we need to incorporate the dice game because that takes the mundaneness and the plainness of like, oh, I don't want to vacuum again. I actually love vacuuming, but I, yes, we are going to. And I used it with my children for years and we did it a mm. play and clean. So we Ooh. would play a game. And then like the, whoever, like the last number that was in the game or the last card that was played, that's the one, or we'll have a dice. Um, we are a huge board game family. We have over a hundred Euro games here. Oh my gosh, um, and so gosh. we, we don't play a lot cause we don't know what we want to play. So they're all, we have them all, we know all their numbers and we have one through 115 and we randomly pick one. <laughs> so, so my kids have learned, do something fun to do before to motivate because they're both maybe both nines we think possibly definitely my oldest is just trying to teach fight make it fun 
find ways to do something out of the box for those personalities that aren't the threes or the fives of the world who just do stuff. <laughs> My life has just been changed in ways that you don't even know, Terry. That is brilliant. I'm telling my husband as soon as we get off because we're rolling the dice to who cleans what room. I think that's so fun. And again, bringing the fun in is very important because there are parts to life that are very serious and we acknowledge that. But the Enneagram can bring in so much fun into everything that you just talked about. So I'm in awe. I have chills. I'm transformed just based off of that. So that is absolutely brilliant. I love that. So as we wrap up here, and it feels like we've been talking forever, and I would love to keep doing that one day. What is your encouragement for anyone who is seeking the Enneagram out? They've heard us for the last couple of weeks talk to different types, whether they're still on the fence or that someone's hearing this for the very first time, what would your encouragement be to them about diving in a little bit? Don't think you have to get it right to dive in. Don't wait till it's perfect. Don't wait till... And don't be afraid of what you're going to find. It's a tool. It's simply a tool. And I listen to experts across the field who do not agree on everything of how it works, but it does work. And if nothing else, it's giving language and understanding and compassion to yourself and others. And so just do it and see what happens. Dig a little deeper, share it with a friend if you need to share it with your husband, just have fun and try it because what it does is it puts language to the internal hurts, those dreams we didn't think we had, but it also lets you know what your weaknesses are. And a lot of people don't want to know that. I think sometimes with the ideogram, that's what we hear first. Uh, nines are lazy. Ones are, per, you know, perfectionist. Threes are always, you know, narcissistic. And I could go on and on, not picking on those numbers. They just happen to go <laughs> That's the nine, making sure no one's offended. Sorry. That's right. That's right. That's right. You heard it first. <laughs> but is that it, it, there is deep, there's talking about desires and there's looking at what you want in life and then taking those weaknesses that are listed um, and grow into them, find ways to work around them, think outside the box. I love the quote from Richard Rohr about the ideogram is not about putting us in the box. It's defining the box so we can get out. Um, and so just really looking there, take, just take a chance. You never know what'll happen. I love it. You might have an ideogram coach and you don't even know it. That's right. And if you want to dive in like Terry did, become a coach to find out what your number is. <laughs> For those that want to go, 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 go. Oh my goodness. Terry, thank you so, so much for your time today and talking about this. I am so grateful. And uh, the next time I see you, we'll be playing one of your 150 something board games because I am ready. Great. I oh, am great. Ready. <laughs> I love it. Again, thank you so, so much. And uh, for everyone else, we will see you next week. Hey friends, I so enjoyed that conversation with Terry. It was so powerful hearing about the adventures of a social nine, one of the subtypes, and learning how each of us all struggles with the feeling of belonging in groups, but anyone uh, anyone who's a social subtype on the Enneagram um, definitely has that be a challenge in their life and I'm a social force so I very much resonate with all of that and so I hope you were able to just pull some nuggets of wisdom from Terry 
um, and our conversation. It was just so, so wonderful. Thank you to her for, for doing that. And next week, I'm excited to introduce to you Melissa, who is a type six, our first six that we have interviewed. And that is a wonderful conversation. We really start to break down the stereotypes of a type six. They're known as being the anxious, fearful one, but they are also loyal and steadfast and uh, prepared. And so we get to learn from Melissa all about a type six. And so I hope that you will join us next week for that conversation.